My name is Lex Dad, and I'm a local Darug man. We share country up here in the Blue Mountains with the Gundangara people. I'd like to pay respects to our elders, both past and present. I'd like to pay respects to our young people who are our emerging elders. I'd like to pay respects to Pemawianga, Mother Earth, and Father Sky, Biami. And I say in our link, local Darug language, Warami Mirega Darug Nyura. Welcome, friends, to Darug country and Yanana Budrigumara. May we all walk with good spirit, with patience, humility, and respect for one another. Didgeridgora, and thank you. It is working. It is working. Yeah. Hello, I'm Catherine. This is the Zach. Up. There we go. <laughs> there we go. And we're the hosts of the radio show Paperback Writer, uh, which is now on Wednesdays, and it's a show about all things books. Uh, it's a book show for all paperback writers and readers, featuring book reviews, interviews with local Australian and international authors, new releases, literary awards, novel ideas, and as all of our regular listener would know. Um, regular listener a lot of book related puns <laughs> we're crazy about the puns crazy we need to have a no we do not okay we good um and we're excited t- today because we have Very a excited. guest with us alex welcome alex thank you thank you very uh, excited to be here yep the smooth sounds of alex <laughs> zach and Catherine. we, we were mm. thinking we should have some um radio names actually um Wait. so <laughs> I was thinking. Catherine was thinking. Yeah, I think I missed that. the memo on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know by the end of the show what your shock jock name is. I, I think it's Excellent. good. <laughs> um, so Alex uh, has been is a friend of ours, but also has been helping us out in the bookshop, um, which is really exciting, and has come to talk on the show today. Um, and our theme of the show today is books that you hate that other people love. It's going to be a pretty good theme. I think I think there's a lot of room for discussion on this one too. I think so. How long do you have, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, I think that's the theme for the next month. I think so. Uh, um, just to clarify as well, we uh, if you're listening to us now, um, we uh, our show will be every week on uh, Wednesdays from 12 to 2. We did originally do start doing a show every fortnight on a Sunday morning, but we've moved things around a little bit. So this is our regular time slot. Um, from now on in. So yeah, sorry for being so high maintenance. Yeah, <laughs> but now it's weekly instead of fortnightly. Exactly. So that's exciting. Yeah. Two hours a week talking about books and coming up with really terrible puns. So yes. apologies in advance. <laughs> As if you guys don't do that all the time. Anyway. I know. Pretty much. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> just, just our life. conversation. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly on air. Right. <laughs> Correct. So welcome, Alex. We're really excited to have you here. Um, so Alex is a local, is in Hazo. I am, yes. I uh, lived in Hazelbrook for 18 years. So... I think I'm officially not a Flatlander after that, you know, <laughs> having come from Sydney before that. So yeah, true, yeah. And yes. and Hazelbrook is obviously, you know, one of the places to be. Two bookshops, <laughs> two bookshops it's, in Hazelbrook. It's all happening in Hazelbrook now. Book capital of the mountains. It wasn't like this back when I was growing up. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 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 it probably is really different, isn't it? 
It's very different, yeah. There didn't used to be traffic lights at the um, the intersection that's there. That didn't exist in the overpass no with the train. Either. No, yeah. The, yeah, and like the road was a lot. The Great Western Highway obviously mm-hmm. went through some renovations and got widened. Yeah, and there were horses and carts. And yes, that too. Yeah, that was my favorite. That's how Alex <laughs> used to get to school. <laughs> yeah, Actually, ten miles in the snow with a horse on your back. Yeah. I think that's how you used to get to school. Exactly. Yeah. Hardcore. That's the <laughs> Hazo way. Yeah. 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 Pre- pretty tough in Hazo. Yes. Um, well, Alex is a giant book nerd as well. Um, we actually met at our book club that we have at, at our bookshop, um, which everyone is welcome to come to, by the way. There's one this Thursday night from 7 till 9. Just show up, uh, talk about a book you've been reading or that you like. And there's also one this Sunday uh, from 2 till 4 p.m. Um, so it's the last Thursday and the last Sunday of the month. Um, and that's at our bookshop on 201 Great Western Highway, the cow working space. Yeah, not, not the cow working space as it looks like the sign on the on the side of the building. There's a little hyphen missing there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and we're also proud to be sponsors of Radio Blue Mountains as well. Um, it's a fantastic uh, um, community organisation, um, not-for-profit, all run by volunteers as well. Uh, and we're really excited that we're able to be part of, of uh, this community yeah. um, and to... Um, to, we're very excited at the, the idea that uh, you have to listen to us and we can talk about whatever we want. So, too bad. Uh, our, our listener. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Who's my mum? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we're also going to do our regular um, uh, little chats as well. So, we'll be getting another update from Catherine about Dracula Daily. And Alex, actually. Alex was the one who introduced me I did, to yeah. Dracula Daily. Yeah. So much has happened. You uh, wouldn't even believe it. Time, we could just do a whole show on that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit about book news as well and we're going to talk a little bit about upcoming events in the um the book arena up in the blue mountains and we're going to play some music some of it may be a little unusual <laughs> a little different um but you know <laughs> we, we can justify everything that we're playing so. got some really good ones today. and we do have a request as well from yes. someone that we're playing today too so we're quite excited about that yeah, definitely. And we're also going to talk about what we're reading, which is exciting. And as I said, that's how we met Alex at a book club uh, where actually, actually, Alex was the person who introduced me to Le Guin, so you have oh, them to blame. There we go. The Le Guin show again. <laughs> yes, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I deliberately, because I knew we were going to do what we're reading, I deliberately... Well, I'm, I, am read a Le, I, I am reading say, a Le Guin. Yeah, I am reading a Le I am, but I deliberately have read some other things too because I figured, you know, we need to talk yeah. about other things. Spice it up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's plenty of time for Le Guin now. We're a weekly show. It doesn't have to be Le Guin every single week. Well, it should be. <laughs> it should be. Although I have stayed in the realm of fantasy, although I guess Le Guin's sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy. Sci-fi, I would say, more than anything Maybe a... Well, and non-fiction, actually. There's a bunch. But I read American Gods by Neil Gaiman, which I think Alex has read as well. I say I think that. (laughs) I said to Alex, do you want to read this at the same time so we can text each other? Yeah, buddy read. And it was freaking weird. (laughs) What a weird weird book. book. And long, really long. When I got to the end, I don't know about you, but I cheered. I was like, yeah, I'm (laughs) done. I did it. (laughs) Which, you know, is not a slight against the book because it was great, but it was just long. Finally, (laughs) finally that book's over. I can move on with the rest of my life. (laughs) My favourite part part is that the book actually ends at page 635, but then there's another, then the page numbers stop. And there's acknowledgements and a little sort of novella. So it's, it's probably close to... There's a novella at the back of the book. Yeah, and look how yeah. big it is. Like it's it's a it's a brick. It's a doorstop. I don't understand. I, it, for listeners out there, how many centimeters wide would that book be? Maybe four or five centimeters. It's quite uh, a I big mean, book. Um, I passed school C maths barely. Why, so <laughs> not, I'm not quite sure why you would 
need to write such a big book and then feel the need to add a novella <laughs> well, to the back of it. Interestingly, this is the reviewed version. So if, when he initially published it, it was 100 pages shorter, I think. Yeah, and he had all these ideas that were initially cut out by okay. him and the editor. Um, and then he was approached by like a different publishing house, I think, um, and they wanted to do a special edition of the book. And he said, would you be interested in using the original manuscript? And they were like, yes, please. Like, and so you know what? Like, it's not right. long enough. <laughs> it's, let's just <laughs> make it exactly. even longer. I would be really interested to see what the changes actually were because I don't know about you, but I was meaning to look it up and yeah. then I, I didn't. But I think I was just like, <laughs> I'm done. I get a little break now. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a lot. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the premise is the, of the book, for those that don't know, uh, basically it's about gods in America. So when I say gods, it's anything that's that can be worshipped. So it starts thinking, of, you know, there's a, there's a scene with a bunch of Egyptian gods, for example, um, you know, one in the form of a cat, one in the form of an ibis, but they also sort of can become people jump in Alex if I'm <laughs> describing this really badly um yeah and and so and there's like a leprechaun and there's a there's Odin and there's all these sort of traditional gods and then it talks about gods that have come from Africa and the Middle East and that kind of thing um but then as the book progresses you you meet the modern day gods so fame and money and is social media a god I don't think I it's don't called that but it's kind of, they're a bit vague with what the modern gods actually are yeah. Whereas the, all the original gods are sort of more clearly defined, but I think. Well, I mean, it was published two thousand and one, um, and then so this not edition. Media. Two, yeah. <laughs> so, well, maybe the internet was, but I know TV is one, yeah. and sort of so these they they become gods because people give them power, and then they lose power as people stop believing in them. So it becomes sort of like a battle between the new gods and the old gods. Mm. Um, and there's, I'm sure that Neil Gaiman just was nerding out. Uh, as he wrote this because there were little let me flex my mythology knowledge seriously yeah. and they'd describe someone as one of the characters just as a little aside and you'd go I know that that's some god some niche god from He's somewhere a reference that someone out there is losing their mind I know them. and yeah. they're so excited yeah. like I did my PhD in this niche <laughs> random god um and so I know it's a lot more clever than I probably realized too in terms of um the gods but you know what I really enjoyed it it was mm. long and I think it kind of makes it a bit more accessible because uh, so the main character, Shadow, mm. um, has just been released from prison and he goes on this like wild and wacky adventure around uh, the US with... Um, <laughs> wild the and wacky. You make it sound like so chill. With the main I mean, there's murder and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that wacky. Um, but he, I mean, I, f I don't feel like Shadow was particularly well-versed on all these different gods either. So I felt like, you know, well, he doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm just here for the ride and so is he. And so you could kind of like access it that way even yeah. though I didn't really understand all the references I felt like you didn't need to that was that was part of the experience was just like this enormous pantheon that's like you, you can't even name all these gods but they're out there kind yeah of thing. I it's like a, it's that it's a good writing technique too when you if you're dealing with a complicated subject like that mm. to have <coughs> it doesn't have to necessarily be a narrator but a protagonist at least that you can follow along for the ride yeah um, and provide that I guess exposition to a certain extent yeah, yeah. he was really the every man of yeah. the yeah of yeah. the story it's a good way to do it. although yeah. a lot of people didn't like him I, I, I always go into Goodreads and see what other people thought and people either love or think this book's okay there doesn't seem yeah. to be a lot of middle ground and yeah. I, I enjoyed it like I probably wouldn't rush to reread it also just because it's giant yeah. but I did like it and I thought Shadow was he was a really interesting character like he was really loyal he ends up sort of being a I guess a henchman bodyguard to Odin mm. um, I don't want to sort of say too much because I don't want to spoil it but I did <laughs> no what? I, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I was trying to do oh dear, but no, oh no, I, I saw what you were trying did to get it. Oh, okay, good. Oh god. Well, if you got it, everyone ah. else has got it. <laughs> no, that doesn't. Matter. Neil, before me and my puns, Neil Gaiman. 
Wow. No? I better than Odin. That's a new low. <laughs> <laughs> I thought mine was bad. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, I enjoyed it. And, and there's a novella at the end that seems kind of a bit random and I don't really understand the point of it. Um, and there's two more books, right, after this? Three, I think. I think. Three. I think it's a, it's a series the, of four. Yeah, a Nancy Boys. The God of um, Mischief, I think. Yeah, this, yeah. I I'm not rushing to read those, to be honest, because this felt very self-contained. Like, when I got yeah. to the end, even though not everything was, you know, wrapped up in a neat little bow necessarily, I, I thought, okay, well, Shadow's story is done. Like, yeah. he might go on and do other things in his life, but that's not the story that I just read and I don't need to know that story, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm curious, but I'm certainly not rushing into it. <laughs> I'm not like, oh my God, what happens next, you know? <laughs> Especially if the books are anywhere near this long. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'd recommend it. I think it's good. But yeah, I deliberately chose to read it while we're on holiday in New Zealand because I knew that it was going to take a little while. Yeah. <laughs> I was ra- I was racing to keep up with you. I was like, you're up to there. <laughs> it's like I just love being on holiday and reading. Else to do, so. yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Well, Tell when, us how you really we feel. Were in New Zealand, there wasn't much to do. So. Well, because it was raining, the storm yeah. followed yeah. us over, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So that was that's that's my what, what I've read. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I have been reading something very different. Um, I have been reading shots quint- quintessential miscellany. Um, which is quite a title. Mm. Um, but um, this is by a guy called Ben Schott, and he's written a few uh, different books um, on miscellany, um, uh, Schott's miscellanies. Uh, and he, I think he wrote this about 20 years ago, the very first one, if I remember correctly. <coughs> so uh, if you're not familiar with this book, it's basically um, it's a series of books with very random... Um, uh, facts essentially. Yeah. So all sorts of weird and wonderful things about about completely random stuff. Uh, you never quite know what you're going to find. Um, and I picked up one of these books a while ago in a secondhand bookshop, and I thought it looked really interesting. Um, but it's been a bit little while since I actually picked it up and read it. Um, but one of the things that I quite I'm not I'm not I do wonder how much of this is actually correct or not. There's <laughs> some pretty random things in here, but... Well, I mean, it would have to be correct. Well, one would think so, but I'll, I mean, I'll, let, let me just all right, yeah. all right. describe a little bit about this book. <laughs> so, um, one of the things I quite like here is uh, he talks very briefly about um, ampersand, so the, the symbol ampersand, mm. um, instead of using the word end. Um, and he says, some claim the ampersand symbol was devised in 63 BC by Marcus Tiro for his shorthand system. Others, that it is a ligature formed from the Latin et, E-T, I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly in Latin. Um, the word is said to be a conflation of and per se and. So that's where the, the word mm. ampersand comes from. What is in and like, I wouldn't... say yeah. And. Yeah. Ah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is a, interesting. It is interesting. Again, I'm not actually <laughs> sure whether that's true or well, not. Well, I mean, he says others, some claim. Yeah. I mean, you could <laughs> you could claim a, few, a lot of things yeah. that aren't true. But yeah, exactly. But it's um, food for thought. He's got also a section in this particular one about Postman's Park. Um, and uh, I don't know how many people know about Postman's Park, but it's in the city of London near St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, a nice little park there, but what it's quite well known for um, is uh, a whole bunch of different plaques, uh, and they describe the exploits of those who sacrifice their lives while attempting to save the lives of others. So there's a whole wall of, of plaques, mm. and it goes back to 1850s, I think. Um, even, and even now, I think they're still adding plaques to it. Um, but basically, if you die trying to save someone else's life, um, they, they put a plaque up for you in this park. 
Oh. Yeah, and there's one. Um, uh, the Harry Harry Sisley of Kilburn. Um, this really stood out to me. Age ten, drowned in attempting to save his brother and himself uh, after he himself had just been rescued. Oh. May twenty fourth, eighteen seventy eight. Wow. Yeah, just just crazy. One in um, 1885, um, Thomas Simpson died of exhaustion after saving many lives from the breaking ice at Highgate Ponds. So someone had jumped in through the broken ice at the pond and saved a bunch of different people, but then ended up um, losing their own wow, life in yeah. the process. Yeah. Um, there's some more random ones as well. Um, yeah, it seems like a really eclectic collection of facts and it's things. Eclectic is definitely the yeah. word I would use. So um, who's shot the author? Well, he's he's uh, he's uh, he's not that old. I think he's in his uh, late forties now. Um, so he's he's just. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure where he came up with the idea for That's it. Int- um, I thought the books were older than that for some no, reason. I know, oh. I know. I thought that as well. They have a lot of very old facts in them. Um, but he just basically, I think he came up with the idea. He was sending some uh, random facts on pieces of cardboard to his friends, <laughs> and then he kind of did a little book together for his friends mm. and then he happened to send it to a publisher and the publisher looked at it and went wow i've never seen anything like this <laughs> this wow. is amazing and then the first couple of books that he did were massive sellers they sold really because yeah, well. this is the fourth one i yeah, think i, I think was so, looking yeah. at it at home yeah that's right um, i love that and it is it's just all sorts of it's 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 too much to go into but there's um one of these is a, a spanish proverb it is a spanish maxim that he who loseth wealth loseth much he who loseth a friend loseth more but he who loseth his spirits, loseth all. Ah, that's <laughs> deep, yeah. There's um, something from the 19th century, a little poem about a marriage ladder. So the stages you go through um, in marriage, so from admiration, flirtation, declaration, and eventually ends up in desperation, <laughs> detestation, and separation. Goodness. Wow, cheerful outlook. <laughs> Hang on, so none of these facts are related? Like, are no, there... Not so at all. Are there categories Some, of facts? Or it's just like, here's all. someone... You never know what you're going to come uh, up against. I kind of love that. It's amazing. Um, here's a, <laughs> a regulation 20 of the Workplace Health, Safety and Welfare Regulations 1992 about the min- minimum number of lavatories required in the workplace. <laughs> so depending on how many <laughs> workers there are and how many men, you, if you've got 16 to 30 men, you need to have at least two toilets and one urinal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and just, just basically, recycling symbols is another one. Like you just, it is that would actually be very handy because I'm always trying to recycle and I'm like, what does this mean? I know, I, all the numbers. What, yeah, too confusing. It can be recycled, but I'm not sure how. Well, how about this one? Apple seeds and love. To ascertain <laughs> one standing with a sweetheart, select at random an apple and quarter it, carefully gathering the seeds from the core. <laughs> if you have eight seeds, they both love. If you have four seeds, I love with all my heart. If you if you have five seeds, I cast away. Wow. So there's a fact I'm guessing most people didn't know about. Yeah. Next time you're eating an apple, have a look and count how many seeds there are. And, and find out if you cast all away. About your relationship status. So well, I, I think you, you win the best prize for yeah. most random book. <laughs> but and I love that this is the fourth edition. Yeah. <laughs> like that he's got enough to he publish. Hasn't run out of, of Really funky facts. You know what you need to learn about? The amount of lavatories compared to work people. From 1992, (laughs) I'm guessing, in the UK. Yeah. And that's the thing. It covers, it goes back to ancient Greece. It's right up to modern times. It's just, you never quite, it's actually quite 
engaging reading. I think we need to make that part of the show. Like you just open it at random and just say here's mm-hmm. some a weekly, claim. A weekly fact. A yeah. weekly fact. Okay, I like or the maybe I mean can we call it already, a fact? So. A, a claim. <laughs> uh, facts and claims, maybe, because mm. I'm pretty sure some of them are, are factual, but some of them, yeah. Maybe well, not so much, yeah. And what's the book called again? Original Miscellany, is it? So, Schott's Original Miscellany, I think, was his first book. Yeah. And this one is Schott's Quintessential Miscellany. Oh, Quintessential. Yeah, which I think is the fourth one, actually. So yeah. So, there's a couple in between, so I'm, I'm going to try and collect the whole set. <laughs> You're so random, I love it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's what I've been that's reading. That's what you've been reading. Top that, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well... Um, so I've been reading a lot because I had COVID last week and I, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yep. it was a, it was a good week for my Goodreads reading challenge. Mm. I'll tell you that. But, um, at the moment I'm slowly making my way through the wind up bird chronicle still Murakami. Right. Uh, yeah. Murakami will make an appearance later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for Is that. that. Good or bad? Well, uh, think about the theme. Think about the theme. Yeah. Books we hate <laughs> that others love, but anyway, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> No, but what I'm reading at the moment is uh, a book called Stone Butch Blues. Have you heard of that one? No? No. Um, no. So it's by a woman called, or by a person, sorry, called uh, Leslie Feinberg, who she's passed, a- they've passed away now. But um, it's a really interesting book because it kind of goes into, it's it's fictional, but it's sort of like a semi-autobiographical take on like gender um, and its relationship to sexuality. So oh, they, uh, up till their death, I think, identified as uh, a lesbian but they had a very complicated relationship with gender, like being um, gender non-conforming from the time they were very young. Yeah. And um, I think went through several, like, different um, actual procedures, like sex changes sort mm-hmm. of things, um, to kind of alleviate their dysphoria, but um, sort of viewed that in a separate way or having a really complicated uh, relationship to their sexuality, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, right. So um, I'm reading it. It's a, a PDF because it's available for free on their, their website since they've passed. Yeah. Um, but I have the description here on Goodreads, so I'll just read that quickly. Yeah. Um, Woman or Man, this internationally acclaimed novel looks at the world through the eyes of Jess Goldberg, a masculine girl growing up in the Aussie and Harriet McCarthy era and coming out as a young butch lesbian in the pre-Stonewall gay drag bars of a blue-collar town. Stone Butch Blues traces a propulsive journey powerfully evoking history and politics while portraying an extraordinary protagonist full of longing, vulnerability and working-class grit. This once underground classic takes the reader on a rollercoaster ride of gender transformation and exploration and ultimately speaks to the heart of anyone who has ever suffered or gloried in being different. Um, That's quite that interesting. That sounds so yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, I just and it's, it's Australian too, which is really interesting. With the, Is it Australian? Did I get that wrong? I'm not. Leslie Feinberg might be, I think. Yeah, because I'm thinking about the pre-Stonewall. Uh, Stonewall. No, I think I'm just confused. So never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just let you keep talking. No, that's all right. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a really interesting read. And also uh, Leslie Feinberg was Jewish. And so the protagonist in this novel, um, Jess, uh, goes through all these experiences. Like um, she, she's obviously, she's very visibly Jewish in the sense that, you know, her family goes to synagogue instead of goes to church and yeah. has different holy days and doesn't celebrate Christmas. Um and the protagonist, she goes through these experiences of, you know, like, well, she's always been asked 
from the time she was very young like are you a girl or a boy because mm. she presents very androgynously yeah um and then she faces this uh situation where she might be banned from going to temple if she doesn't oh. wear a dress and so she kind of has to navigate yeah like wow. what's more important like her faith or expressing herself in a really authentic way and like if she mm. does that you know will she risk being alienated from her community at the same time as she's going through some really awful bullying at school so it's like you know what does she That's value such a hard decision yeah yeah wow yeah so and and I'm not even very far in. I'm like, I'm 100 pages in or something. Sounds it's fascinating. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. So it, you can get it for free, did you say? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, reading, so I'm reading a PDF of it. Um, yeah, it's available on her website. So if you just Google, yeah, yeah Leslie Feinberg, um, I think you'll be able to find it there. So Feinberg, F-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. Yes, just and Leslie with an I-E. Yeah. Why? Yeah, but it's it's really interesting and it's, mm. a, yeah, quite... Um, I don't want to say harrowing, but it is, it's well, really it intense. Be. It's a really intense read for sure. Yeah. Um, it's got amazing ratings. I'm just on Goodreads now. It's, it's yeah, yeah. When really did it come out? When was it published? Um, that's an excellent question. What I'll have a look. There? Yeah. Uh, uh, 2003. Oh, okay. Oh. Actually, think, same year think, as American Gods. I think maybe, <laughs> maybe that's that edition because I think it was originally published uh, in the 90s, like the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of maybe their other 92. books are 90s. Yeah. Yeah, um, they wrote a lot about um, sort of the transgender experience. And that was another thing I didn't really know a lot about either is that historically it was really common for people to identify as trans or being a trans man and also still feel an attachment to lesbianism and being a lesbian. Yeah, so right. which are things that we think of today, very binary. Yeah. But um, you're a woman who yeah, likes women. Yeah. yeah. But coming through in her right in their writing uh, is just this kind of fluidity like of going between. Yeah. And, and that's really fascinating to me. So. Yeah, wow. that's what and I've been reading. The challenges of applying labels to people. Yeah. It can be a bit too black and white sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Wow. There yeah. you go. It's quite a combination <laughs> of books you've been reading, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. I can't wait to read that. Mm. And they're, yeah. And their partner was the prominent lesbian poet activist, Minnie Bro- Bruce Pratt. Um, mm. And they've actually written quite a lot of books. Mm. Awesome. Oh, well, I'm definitely... <laughs> you win for the... <laughs> for, for, for yes, the not that it's a competition. Oh, right. everything's a competition. Oh, is it? Exactly. All so right. you come second then, Kath? Well, I mean, your, fa- your facts about lavatories. <laughs> I mean, definitely. I mean, are you feeling very intellectual? Seeds. I was like... <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I'm, as soon as we get home, I'm going to cut that apple. apple but off. what if you have to cast me away? Well, the, mm. the, the apple... Rules. <laughs> so, you can't you know, blame the apple. I can't yeah. argue with the, the apple. Yeah. Do you think it depends on the species of apple? Like, if you cut a Granny Smith, is that going to tell you, well, leave Kath today? But if oh. you cut maybe a pink lady, it's that's like, true. give her another chance, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's but a tough I, th- one. I thought I was <laughs> the apple of your eye. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> it's time for some music. But I was, that's a, that, that joke's a bit hardcore, yeah, okay, isn't then. it? <laughs> 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 um, um, you guys, You really need that sound bite. The t- we don't. But on, you do, <laughs> you do. <laughs> because Catherine, oh, actually, if I'm controlling the console, yeah, that's okay. Because if Catherine had control over it, I just it would do it every time. Every couple of minutes, well, we'd be getting you have it. to choose between either Kath is just going to make the sound with her mouth all the time, or Correct. you can have it on a soundboard and you kind of have a bit of control Ooh, over like when so, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair deal. Both. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a button. It's true. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm Catherine. This is Alex. Yep, that's me. <laughs> this yep. is Zach. Well, said with such confidence. Yeah, sure yep. sure that is you, me. Alex? It's me. Okay, yeah. Just checking. So this is paperback writer. Um, as I said earlier, um, Alex is our very special guest speaker today, um, and we are 
we've just listened to mountain the mountain goats this year which was my choice um because i feel like all three of us have had covid and the line i'm gonna make it through this year if it kills me feels very on brand (laughs) and the mountain goats are just great i saw them play i played in auckland a few years ago and yeah he's he's really good um, and then the second one was Summer Shandy by The Front Bottoms, possibly the best name <laughs> for a band ever. And you chose that one, Alex. Yes, that was my choice. Uh, they were a band that I discovered in high school and really liked a lot. Um, and I just thought that it was a fun song. So yeah. yeah Bad not? Boy Blues, baby. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> yeah. Especially like with the up, upbeat sort so of poppy. Upbeat, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which a lot of their music is kind of that upbeat kind of tone but they sing about a lot of like more maybe mature themes or like they yeah. kind of contrast it a bit like the so bad I really boy like blues that. Yep, yeah like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we can all relate to those oh, yeah. bad boy blues oh yeah i definitely can yeah <laughs> <laughs> um cool all right well we're now up to the theme of this week's radio show books you hate that other people love mm-hmm. and honestly we could just talk for two well i could talk for two hours about this yep. like but we'll yeah we'll Catherine, take the wheel yeah <laughs> well no that's why i'm letting you two go first because <laughs> i know i'll talk too much cool. so we both we've all we haven't spoken to each other about what books although alex has dropped some pretty big oh. hints because <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of them were books i lent them um but uh zach's gonna start and talk about a couple of books i am um so take it away Okay, uh, I'm not sure how many people have heard of this book, but I want to talk about The Master and Margarita. Oh, I you loved that book. book. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, no, thought, I had really a feeling I was going to get now. that impression. Well, it's two uh, against one, so we're <laughs> overruling it. Move oh, on, next Mikhail book. Bulgakov. No, Bulgakov. I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated because I only read that this year. So oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, this was a, a book club book that uh, we were forced to read. Forced <laughs> to read <laughs> at gunpoint. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Much, it was a very, much. very hostile book club. <laughs> um, so it was written, I think, uh, in the 30s, I think, during the Stalinist uh, mm. regime in the Soviet Union. Um, it's a quite an interesting book. I think it's fair to say it's probably magical realism yeah, to definitely. a large extent. Um, so it's set in uh, the Soviet Union, I think la- mainly based around Moscow. Um, in that area um, and it uh, kind of <laughs> revolves around uh, the devil coming to Moscow uh, with his um, uh, or her giant cat compa- <laughs> compatriots yeah exactly one of them being a giant cat for one thing um, look I, I have to preface this at the very beginning by saying I, I don't think I'm a particularly big fan of magical realism at the best of times mm. so um, it's going to take quite a, an amazing book for me in that genre to really get into it um, and this was not that. It was <laughs> not that. I, 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 at the start, I thought, okay, this is interesting. I, I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. Um, and I was engaged with it early on. It didn't take that long for me to lose my interest. <laughs> um, and look, I, I, it's fair to say that it's quite an unusual story. It's a, it's a little weird, some of the events that happen. A I little weird. It's pretty <laughs> weird. It's pretty weird. I don't, I don't want to get too much into the plot because... Um, I do recommend that people read this book, even though I really disliked it, because it is considered to be one of the classics of Soviet literature. Mm. Um, and I think it was banned at some stage as well. And then was it? Was yeah, it had to be well. published serially because yeah. parts of it were censored and it was Why incomplete. Because of the devil? Um, yeah, I think because it, it has a lot of religious themes yeah. that ah. were really not talked about or allowed to be published right. at that time. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting you mentioned the religious themes too, because I, I kind of mm. came away feeling that to a certain extent, I was reading um, uh, uh, an almost religious text to a certain extent. Um, to, uh, I, I kind of got the impression that 
uh, Bulgakov was rebelling against the atheist nature of the Soviet Union. Okay. Um, and the fact that you had to, um, you, you the religion was almost not necessarily outlawed, but it was certainly frowned upon. Um, mm. And you know, a communist nation is supposed to be an atheist nation. And I felt that it was a bit of a rebellion against that. Um, and it's just a little bit, maybe a little bit too far towards uh, almost uh, introducing the idea that the Soviet Union needed Christianity rather than being an atheist nation. Um, the biggest concern that That's I have... really interesting. The biggest concern I have about the book, though, is I feel like it's um, poorly plotted and poorly put together. Um, and I, wh- I remember after reading the book, doing a little bit of research and um, finding out that it was uh, an unpublished manuscript mm, when he the died, author died. He died, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and as soon as I read that and realised that he hadn't finished the manuscript, I realised the main mm. reason why I didn't like the book because it reads like an unfinished manuscript. <laughs> it was um, a bit meandering. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is, exactly. There's yeah. definitely meandering. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, if I remember correctly, there's a... S- section around three quarters of the way in the book that just kind of completely takes the plot in a whole different that's when margarita comes in i think right and she wants she'll go to hell it just seems very um uh disjointed yeah i can see that um Mm. i mean the 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 writing i think is uh, keeping in mind that we're reading a a translated version but the writing is really interesting and uh i can clearly see that the author has um (laughs) <laughs> has had their creative juices flowing in order mm. to come up with some of the, the concepts. Um, I mean, there's I'm a black s- cat that <laughs> drinks chess, uh, drinks chess, drinks vodka, and plays chess. Yeah, like that sounds right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. I really, I loved the like absurdism. Like, I yeah. thought it was really funny, and I wasn't really expecting that mm. from you know a translated Russian classic. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, what is this I expected be? a lot more. Yeah, because so- so- to be a lot more somber. Yeah, yeah. actually, because my um my boss at work lent it to me. She's from Latvia, oh. which she always refers to fondly as former USSR, <laughs> and she said, "I'm going to be heartbroken if you don't like this." this one of my favorite books and and she lent it to me and i was like oh, I, I didn't i don't know that i loved it but i really liked it yeah you know? so yeah but yeah that was i think the charm for me was the absurdism and like that it was really funny because i just wasn't expecting that I and guess. you just did not know what was going to no. happen no, at was, all yeah, and part like, of that was bad editing well lack well, of editing well and, and that that's the issue <laughs> yeah because i i did want to like this book and i think there's really interesting elements there but mm. it, it it they just didn't come together no it didn't come together at all and yeah. and reading that um that doing that research and finding out later that he didn't finish the manuscript uh, but mm. it's still got published it just that just brought it all together for me mm. and and to be honest i'm really i really don't like that idea of publishing someone's work that hasn't been finished yeah. by the author like well. harper lee i felt funny that ghost hit a watchman yeah they, they published it, that after it happens they died. a few times mm. and, and musicians as well yeah they're, they're, you know doing the same kind of thing well and i mean posthumous. leonard we well. can talk about Leonard because they did <laughs> that, didn't they? But the issue is they're taking the artist's work when they haven't finished that work and then, especially after they've died, it yeah. just kind of, to me, it reeks a little bit of the estate trying to make money uh, mm. rather than really realising the artist's and work and what they want to do. I, I agree with you. I think it's, um, I think publishing things posthumously is really problematic, mm. but and there was some good alliteration there that was not actually intentional. But <laughs> it was very very anyway, good. I loved it. <laughs> um, but I think with this one, like he was trying to get it published, was he not? Like when he was alive and, and faced a lot of suppression. So maybe like publishing it in this case after he died, it feels a little bit m- less black and white to me. It's a bit more yeah. gray. It's but like, the, pro- you know, the problem is the, the, pro- the publishing process though is that you, you um, edit the manuscript with the author. Yeah. So the fact that you can't then go back to the author and say, 
um, we, we, we think we should change this section because mm. it doesn't really flow very well. And then the author can go, oh, okay, yeah, okay, maybe I'll reword it a bit. Like, this, they, you, didn't, you don't get the opportunity to do that. To do that, yeah. So I, I, I see what you mean, and I think that's fair. But mm. um, the fact that, uh, and you know, I, know <laughs> I know myself as running this little publishing business um, at Rosie Revelston, the, the editing is such a massive part of the, the process of realising the work. Yeah. Um, well, in saying... If that doesn't happen, it can be pretty obvious that it hasn't happened. So... <coughs> Could you see this being a masterpiece? Because people, it's some people's oh, favorite absolutely. book ever. So yeah, could you see it being a masterpiece with some editing? Like, uh, do you think the bones are there? Uh, yes, I do. I do think that there's something there. I do. Uh, again, I'm not sure that it would be um, at the top of my favorite mm, yeah. um, list, uh, book uh, book list necessarily. But um, I think there's a really interesting story there. And I think we talked last week on our show about uh, I'm really interested by art that's created in authoritarian societies. And yeah. how artists kind of subvert mm. the um, limits that, that are placed on them in their creative work, painters mm. and writers and singers and, and all that kind of thing. Um, so it, uh, I was always very open to the idea of Mastering Margarita. Um, I just didn't feel like it was quite finished. Mm. Yeah. That it wasn't really more issue. Pushkin the limits. Pushkin. <laughs> stop, stop putting on. <laughs> You're not. You puns. wouldn't. You're not rushing to read it yeah, again. I think we did all these ones last. No, week as well. Pushkin was a new one. Yeah, that was a new one. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the all other right, that, that's, a, that's a good one. That yep. was a good discussion. I think that. Yeah. One. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for. Not I love that we both read it too. <laughs> that was that was really quite. Uh, I was a bit, was I was a bit nervous about yeah. that one because I know people who have read it, generally mm. speaking, love it. Like absolutely love it. It's their favorite ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of regretting bringing this next one up now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I can just see already the the look on your faces when I say this. Um, books that I hate that other people love. I'm going to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, that's fine. But you <laughs> haven't even and you haven't even read Harry Potter. I have read some Harry you, Potter. When I have you read Harry I Potter? So you know what? Speaking as someone who like in primary school, it was like a badge of honor for me. I was like, I've read Harry Potter seven times all the way through. Yeah. You can hate this one. It's <laughs> totally fine. Excellent. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Now, you I just got my permission. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, I just want to talk a little bit about it. now. Um, I haven't read uh, one Harry Potter book in full. That is true. I have um, tried to read a few bits and pieces of a couple of different Harry Potter books. Um, the one, a couple of the earlier ones and a couple of the later ones. It's a really questionable way to consume. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but because again, I'll I just mean, have a taste of this one, which leads on to the chapter in the seventh book. Fantasy, <laughs> fantasy, and magical realism and the like again are not my mm. preferred genre. But given how much of a massive phenomenon Harry Potter is, mm. um, I thought that I at least had to have a little bit of a look myself. Um, for the benefit of our listener out there, I was um, <laughs> forced against my will to watch all the movies. Um, you love Harry Potter. Watched you watched all, all eight movies, movies. But you haven't read all the books. Yeah, no. I, well, again, it was against my will okay. to, <laughs> to watch the movies. Yeah, I, I, I was kind it was of very hostile. Forced by a um, <laughs> by a, a person who shall not be named. Do you like the reference? <laughs> nice. Thank Thanks, Kath. Um, <laughs> um, but look, the, the the bigger issue to me um, is not so much the again the the quality of the writing necessarily. It's just that um, I think it's massively overrated. Um, you haven't read a whole book. You can't say it's I overrated say when that. you've read a bit here and there. Well, because the bits that I've read, I've not been impressed with at all. Um. But part <laughs> of what J.K. Rowling does, and I mean, this is a conversation for another time, because yeah. J.K. Rowling is super prop- 
in my opinion, super problematic. And I think that's something we can definitely discuss yeah, later. But sure. if we're just thinking about the books on their merit alone, a part of what I think um, J.K. Rowling does well is building up this amazing world. And if you're just taking like a chapter here and a chapter there, you're, you're not immersing yourself in this magical world. And look, I think having watched all the movies, I think I get a feel for the magical oh, the world. The great though. No, I, no, I understand that. But I think I get a feel for what the Harry Potter world is like. But that, that's my problem though as well. If you, yeah. when, this, I think the first one was written in early 2000 or something like that, late oh, 90s, something like uh, that. Can't so, remember. I mean, to me, this was an amazing opportunity. Look, look at the, the, the hero of Harry Potter. So he's a Neville straight, white, cisgendered male. He's the mm. hero. And not only he's, he's not the hero because he works hard, he's the hero because he has special gifts, essentially. Like he's, kind of, he's almost like the chosen one. So we have this hero's journey. The, the entire series is devoted to Harry's journey. And then you've got a character like Hermione, who is a female young girl who works really hard and is really conscientious. And she's not the main hero of the piece. Now, but to I me, if I was writing the Harry Potter books, I think having Hermione as the hero would have been such an amazing message and such an amazing story to tell. Someone a young girl who works really hard and is the one who ends up saving the day. Not Harry Potter who essentially has... I, I can see where you're coming from, but I think, and this comes from not having read all the books, but Harry Potter is the chosen one. So there literally is a prophecy that calls him the mm -hmm. chosen one. <laughs> but he's not chosen by fate or destiny or something. He's chosen by Voldemort because... <gasps> because what? <laughs> <laughs> you just said his because, name. Even I know that. Because Voldemort is the one that sees him as, as a legitimate threat. And so there is kind of a, a through mm. line that looks at... It, it could have been anyone. that You know, there, it actually... The narrative, like, draws explicit attention to the fact that there's nothing special about Harry. It mm. could have... And actually, it could just have easily been... Um, Neville, Neville or, yeah. yeah, or but but that's kind of the Another point of that. White male. Yes, yeah. but the point is that it, it could have been anyone. It you wasn't going to be Hermione, though, was it? That's the thing. When when uh, yeah. when J.K. sat down to write this book, it was not going to be Hermione. Hermione's a supporting character, and yes. and I just kind of dislike the idea that there's this one character through the whole book. This you know young guy who is basically, as you say, it's, it's almost this quasi-religious idea that he's effectively the the chosen one and all the other characters are there kind of there to support him to defeat the character that's almost demonic i guess it's almost mm. you know equivalent to the devil i just think that it could have been there were so many opportunities to go in a different arc with that story but and, you and, if, and you think about how influential it's been for young kids as well um, imagine the amazing good that it could have done to actually have someone a little bit more diverse in that in that role as the hero, I would have been much. I think it would have been much more interesting to read the heroine's journey, not the mm. hero's journey, when it comes to Harry Potter. Because I guess it is something we see in a lot of books, isn't it? I mean, Lord of the Rings is you yeah, know, comes to mind, and yeah. it, you know, it's it's all about Frodo, the you know. And one and one of the things one, I know one of the reasons you love Ursula Le Guin is the fact that she's a female science fiction writer, and that you know you see her journey as she writes becoming more vocal in her her feminism. Um, and I don't know, again, I haven't read all the Harry Potter books, but I'm guessing that's not necessarily something that happens throughout the Harry Potter series. No. Actually, I, have it, I pulled it up here because I read a quote the other day that Le Guin said about Harry Potter Ooh, and J.K. Oh really? Rowling. Yeah, really. really. Very careful. Um, because uh, like, we've been delving into her sci-fi a lot, but um, another one of her really well-known series is the Earthsea mm. series or the Earthsea Cycle, which is a, a fantasy series. Um, 
and it was compared a lot to Harry Potter when Harry Potter was just coming out. Yeah. Um, and so the quote is, I didn't feel that she ripped me off, as some people did, Le Guin said of Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling in a 2005 interview, though she could have been more gracious about her predecessors. My incredulity incredulity was at the critics who found the first book wonderfully original and that's just the thing about <laughs> harry potter is yeah. that i find like it's got some interesting elements but none of it is exactly original right. no. everything is derivative yeah. and not in a way that's particularly like interesting yeah. I, I think or hasn't been done before or looks at you know examines other things like you know there's a certain charm there and i think especially when you read it as a child like yeah. i think it's very accessible literature for children mm. but like the people that get older and then continue to read all these things into it, I'm like, well, it's just not there. Like it, it just doesn't have a lot of substance, I don't think. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And, and I think, to, uh, to be honest, if it hadn't been as massively hyped as it was as well mm. and been such a cultural phenomenon, it, pr- it might not have made my list of <laughs> books. <to talk laughs> it about, just makes you hate it more. But yeah, but I mean, well, it's not that, but it's just more that. Well, it's getting all this credit that you don't feel it deserves, really. Yeah, exactly. Really. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I just think it could have been done so much better as well. Mm. And I don't know. Anyway. But could it be a, a like a gateway book for children to then go on and read? Because well, a lot of kids... for me. That's the thing. A lot of kids, I think, that don't oh, read... Don't, why did you have to bring this up? We have to go to the news in about 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, how convenient. <laughs> I, I have a lot of thoughts on this particular subject as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. We have had this discussion we a have, lot. Yeah. And uh, Zach is incorrect. We spent about three we hours in a pub in Hobart having this wow. discussion <laughs> about how... Harry Potter did nothing for young children well, that's when it comes to learning to read. So we actually do have to do the news, though. <laughs> so very convenient <laughs> timing on your part, Zach. That will be a discussion for another time. I think we should do a theme of Harry Potter in general. And yeah, maybe we should. Paperback Writer. Welcome back to Paperback Writer. Uh, you were listening to that was Same Love with Macklemore featuring Mary Lambert uh, and before that was Baker Boy and Bernard Fanning which is a remix that's just come out so you probably know Wish You Well uh, the song by Bernard Fanning and Baker Boy is an indigenous um, rapper um, Yongu I hopefully have said that right um, and what I love I don't, I don't know if you guys heard that in the song but he actually raps in English and um, his language, I, I apologize if I say this wrong, uh, Lonu Metha. Um, and he's, he's, really he, cool. he's I yeah. Didn't, I didn't pick mm. up on that yeah. when I was listening. Well, I think I was talking probably. <laughs> <laughs> so my bad. But go back and listen because it's really cool because yeah. some of the verses are. And I mean, it's such a classic song anyway. But um, yeah, he's he, he does a lot of solo stuff. But this was um, one that's come out that I thought was really fun. So Yeah, yeah. and Same Love by Macklemore. I, I think it's a fantastic song. Uh, amazing message. The message is amazing, yeah. It's it's so good to hear too, especially for someone in, um, I guess, would you call, you'd call Macklemore a uh, rapper? Yeah. I yeah. guess, yeah. Someone in, the, in that particular genre as well coming out and um, just you know, with that really important message and just talking, and even the, the yeah. idea of saying love. I think, you know, love is love. Like, it doesn't really matter who who uh, you know, the the genitals of the people involved or mm. anything like that. It's just it's just all don't be a jerk about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not that hard, is it? Yeah. Well, apparently yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, maybe we... No, we won't talk about manly shit. I shirts. was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to talk it? No. I'll wear... I'd wear a rainbow shirt. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go to manly. Well, I'd, I would definitely wear a shirt with a couple stripes of rainbow lining if I was getting paid at the amount that they are, yeah, but, you know, exactly. whatever. Yeah. Speaking um, of role models, yeah. <laughs> we do have a lot to talk about. Though, Sorry, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 yeah, couldn't help myself. Well, um, so we're continuing on our theme of books you hate that other people love. Um, so Alex, 
what have you decided to talk about? Okay, well, I think the first one will not come as a surprise to Kath, at least. Uh, um, here we go. <laughs> this will be good. Uh, Norwegian Wood by Haruki oh, Murakami. Oh, no. I actually didn't think you were going to say that. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but... One of Catherine's favourite authors. Oh, well, I wow. think, I think well, I've plunged mm. Kath into a little bit of, like, <laughs> an existential book crisis. <laughs> yeah, well... All right, let me just start yeah, the you beginning go, you go, yeah. um, of my Murakami journey, which was that I started with Wind Up Bird Chronicle and I was making just no progress. Like I think I talked about it earlier on the show. This is a book I'm still reading. I started <laughs> it maybe like a month and a half ago. Um, and I s- mentioned that to Kath and she was like, no, no, you're starting in all the wrong places. Like you've got to read this Murakami and this Murakami. And one of them was Norwegian Wood. Oh, so, so much regret. <laughs> so I have a little pile of uh, Murakami on my bookshelf at home that uh, Kath has lent me. Um, Soon to be in the bins. So oh, I know. I was like, she, you can keep that like, one. You can keep that one. <laughs> after my uh, yeah, after my scathing Goodreads review that I wrote to process these emotions. <laughs> but it's just, I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, People sort of regard him as this genius. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk about Norwegian Wood. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a story um, about so it's this main character. Um, many I think if you've read one Murakami book, you kind of know <laughs> what all his main characters are like. They um, all listen to jazz and like cooking food in great detail. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's this straight cisgender man. <laughs> you know, he's not white, so I'll give yeah. him that. Um, you can't see this at the moment, but I would describe Kath's face as crestfallen. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I knew this was coming. I. Uh, Anyway, I, I'll, let Alice, uh, I'll let Alex keep going. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> it's about his uh, university experience. So he goes to study at university. It's kind of uh, against this backdrop of like there's a lot of student protests happening uh, in Japan at the time that were happening when uh, Murakami himself was attending university. So there's this really interesting political background that uh, Murakami does nothing with. Like it's this backdrop. <laughs> it's this backdrop for these characters to act out like vastly less interesting um, plots and things in front of. I went home and boiled some rice. Oh, yeah, some tomatoes. but not even in a charming way. Not in a charming way. So it really explores um, sex and love and relationships um, and also mental health and mental illness in possibly like the most harmful way that I've ever read. <laughs> what do you really I think, know. Alex? Are you holding back? I think you, you should say what you really I'm unle- think. I'm really unleashing. I'm really <laughs> unleashing. So uh, the main character, Toru, um, had these friends in childhood uh I've forgotten their names but he had this male friend and a female friend and they were dating and then the fe- uh, the male friend um commits suicide or kills himself mm-hmm. and um when Toru goes to university then he reconnects with the female friend and he starts this relationship with her but she um sort of disappears off the face of the planet for a while and when he reconnects with her she's in um like she hasn't been institutionalised. She's gone and she's checked herself voluntarily into this clinic to get treatment for her um, mental health issues that it doesn't really talk about in great detail. Like, there are parts where you think, is she schizophrenic? Like, it, mm. But the way that Murakami writes about women is like they're <laughs> just boobs on legs. So there's not really any room for the brain in there wow. that's having the, yeah. the mental illness in it. Um, and he has won awards for writing the worst sex scenes ever. Like, The Guardian, yeah, every the year, front. he's in there. Every year. On the front, <laughs> it um, says, like, easily the most erotic of Murakami's <laughs> <laughs> novels and it's sure got a lot of sex in it but it's written in this like incredibly and I wasn't looking to it for erotica I wasn't like I, I want a book that's really going to titillate me but but I also didn't expect it to just be so clinical and dry and like like uh, how, what can I say here like yeah 
um, my genitalia became hard, she touched it. Like, it really is written like that, you know, yeah. and, and until completion, and then we went to bed. And it was like... And then I cut some tomatoes and made some rice. Oh. And listened to jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it really is just the way... And, and then he meets this other... Uh, Toru meets this other university student, uh, Midori, who he's seeing at the same time as he's seeing um, the one that's institutionalised or the one that's uh, mentally ill. And kind of navigating, like having both relationships at running at the same time because he doesn't want to give up on the girlfriend that's mentally ill but he, you know she can't really devote herself to him fully because she's you know got a lot of issues and working mm. on herself and everything um and then he just kind of treats Midori really terribly as well like he kind of forgets about her when the other one really needs him and he goes off and he spends some time in in that institution with uh, her and doesn't you know reply to Midori's letters or things like that like it it's so (laughs) it's really frustrating to read because just the way that he treats the women in his life is terrible and it also explores oh sorry well i was going i was going to say but that's because the character's terrible not because the writing is terrible it's it's people write about it as if it's this great love story because because then he goes and he does end up with midori because spoiler alert the next 10 seconds don't listen the first girl dies she commits suicide or she kills herself and um so Toru kind of goes, well, that chapter's closed. I didn't fix her. I'm going to go hook up with the first girl. Yeah, really. And it's like wow. awful. No I don't <laughs> remember <laughs> any of this. It's really, I remember really enjoying the book. Sorry, I just <laughs> like touched you. But <laughs> um, so when this girl, girl, unnamed girl, not Midori, yep. is uh, living in that uh, clinic, she has this roommate who is also mentally ill, but she's but she's a lot older. She's like 38, I think. Um, whereas Toru and that they're like in their 20s or something, uh, quite early 20s. And um, after she uh, dies, after she kills herself, um, the other girl that was her roommate and living with her comes and visits Toru in um, Tokyo, and they like have sex as a memorial to <laughs> the girl who. <laughs> killed herself it's so is this book really when you're reading it you're like is this happening like is this happening i don't remember any of this i remember it being a charming book about like there's uh and there was this one particular scene (laughs) sorry i was still going okay yep sorry this is my last okay this is my last commentary i think this is a theme of uh, next week's show what everything that's wrong with norwegian wood everything that's wrong with norwegian (laughs) this is the one book the one book well i also read um First person singular, so it's his most recent one, short story collection. Yeah. And reading it is like it's the exact same experience. Whereas Norwegian Wood was one of his earliest published works, wasn't it? Or yeah, it's his first that was published in English. So it's like, least. have you not developed as a writer? Like, do you still not see women as people? Norwegian it's Wood. He's not the only one. I hope. Sounds yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's this one uh, scene, maybe like. Um, just after halfway through the book and actually the spine is cracked on this scene i'll make a, I'll make a note it seems like this page has been turned too often it's so funny that but i don't remember and yeah. anyway yes Sorry. and this scene is um that the roommate of the mentally ill woman um <laughs> recounting an experience she had uh, right before the like breakdown that led to her 
checking herself into the clinic. Mm. Um, she always wanted to be like a, a famous pianist and she lost the use of one of her fingers so she couldn't um, right. play the piano. Yeah, yeah. And then she slowly regains it once she stops uh, performing and she's married and she's settled down. You know, she finds that she can move that finger again and she plays just sort of for joy and whatever. And then um, a girl that lives in the neighbourhood hears her one day and asks if she can give her piano lessons. And this girl is 13 years old and the roommate character is uh, 31 at the time of the breakdown because then she moves <laughs> oh, to the I clinic for like seven years. I was laughing. That's Sorry because I know where this and is going. Yes. <laughs> and there's a scene where the 13-year-old seduces, I'm doing quotation marks in front of the microphone, <laughs> seduces the 31-year-old and it's quite a graphic sex scene. It's yeah. quite a graphic lesbian sex scene between this 13-year-old child and the 31-year-old child and it's played completely like it's played completely straight it's like the 13 year old really did seduce the 31 year old she's the one with all the power in this mm. scene like it was just incredible to read it was like what mm. <laughs> what i don't know how i've blanked out all of this yeah. like i remember when you talk about the i mean i don't have a good memory with books anyway i remember if i like them or don't usually yeah and i the piano bit you say i remember that you and like i remember it being really charming and i remember it well, being there are themes there that yeah. i think i understand why people like them there are themes of you know not knowing what to do like you're in your 20s and you're discovering yourself and you're studying and you know, the main character he chooses something to study and he's not even studying it because he likes it he's it's law and he went into it just because i think and you know yeah. like things like that you know that real uncertainty of youth and and the complexity of relationships and but it's like that's all background stuff and those are <laughs> themes that should be expanded on in a meaningful way if if they're the reason that you like the book yeah. but it's not it's and i just it's unfathomable to me the the praise that you read for this book. Like I went on to Goodreads and like everyone yeah. loves it. I was like, well, I remember loving it, but oh. now I, I mean, so this I book was written in like the 1880s. <laughs> you would, you think would be so. wrong. Yeah. You would think so. Well, and that's the thing because I've read a lot of his books. I went through a stage where I really, really liked him, and so I own a lot of them up mm. until I think the last one I bought was Killing Common Deer, which I haven't actually read because I read one before that, The Colorless Sukuri and His Years of Pilgrimage, mm. and I remember thinking. This is problematic. Mm. I, and, and you think? Do you think so? Well, I mean, <laughs> not to the extent that it sounds <laughs> like Norwegian Wood was. Um, so, look, that was my bad, it seems. <laughs> um, but I, I have, I have to say, the writing, like, I love the way that Murakami writes. I think well, he writes, he mm. has this very compelling style. He reminds me a lot of Sally Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> I mm, hope that's not going okay. to segue into anything or wow. foreshadow that's anything insulting. later in the <laughs> in but, this segment. But, but I think I told you, Alex, one, I, and I'm being a little bit vague here, but he wrote it in English. So obviously Japanese is his first language. He wrote it in English and then translated it back to Japanese. Are you suggesting that? And then, no, <laughs> hang on. And the, yeah, he didn't Something write about any of translation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clearly the translator inserted that it, no, look. I, I don't know if that's going to be one that I reread. <laughs> I've got to say. To give you an example, right? The <laughs> I feel like I've actually given plenty, but I have one more. <laughs> I have one more from the woman that was uh, in the clinic, right? Um, the mentally ill one. She is in there, and one of her main issues is that she can't self-lubricate. Like, she is dry anytime she's trying to have sex and sexual relations, and she sees herself as, like, really broken for this, and it's so terrible. It's like... Use lube? I don't know. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> but, yeah. And I think you need to write a response to the story. It's, but it's just painted as, yeah, like this this really broken, unfixable, innate thing about her that she has all this mental anguish over. And it's like such a silly 
thing. Like, mm. can you imagine reading a book about a main character who's male and he's in there because of erectile dysfunction? Like, he's been in a mm. mental hospital because he just can't get hard. You'd be like, mm. well, this is not a book. Like, this is not a story I'm interested in reading or having told, you know? Well, like, maybe, though, uh, maybe it is. Maybe this is, like, the new future of fiction. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's I, wa- I want to move it to the past. Cast part, I think. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I know, and I actually I lent Alex a couple writing. more as well. Yeah. Beautiful And now writing. I'm like, oh, don't read Terrible. them, maybe. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I remember really liking them. Like I lent, I think I lent After, After Dark, Dark is really slim, so but I'm I excited really to try <laughs> that because I'm like, well, I remember there's, there's less room. But there's a sex worker in it. I remember that much. So I'm oh. like, oh my gosh, yeah, what's going to happen now? Yeah. So I'm interested to know. There are also scenes. I think I mentioned in my review which so you would know <laughs> but toru um another theme is like casual sex which i think is a really interesting thing to explore for, for especially people in their 20s and mm. and teens and stuff you know like it's uh definitely still very relevant yeah but like it doesn't explore themes of of consent in any meaningful way it just portrays toru not really having any regard for other people's consent and doing things anyway <laughs> with no consequences so it's really yeah i didn't read it and come away thinking gosh how profound which yeah. is what everyone else seemed to take away yeah. from it maybe <sighs> maybe you're just too, that too felt, smart that felt really good no, yeah. <laughs> maybe you, you know you're, you're thinking about it too much you know you just need to strip away the layers and i need to dumb myself down from yeah Mirakami. exactly <laughs> that's the problem here and um what was the second book that you wanted to yes about? all right i think i think with ham and murakami enough i think i think so sorry <laughs> no you're not um, no i i apologize for nothing <laughs> um the other one uh, is Fight Like a Girl by Clementine Ooh. Ford. Really? Really. Yeah. I really didn't okay. like it. Yeah. That's controversial. Yeah. I, I had a few different options for my second one. I was like, what do I hate as much as Norwegian Wood? But I... <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, don't, I, don't think nothing. This, I don't think that this fits the bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing can reach that level. <laughs> oh so we've got that for Clem. Like, it's not as bad as Murakami. But okay. I just thought... That's crazy. For the, I really for the like praise, that book. I, oh, I... Okay, so I read this book earlier this year, actually. And I read it after I read... Um, Boys Will Be Boys, which yeah. is, I think, the most, not the most recent one, but the middle one that yeah, she published. So it's one. Fight Like a Girl, Boys Will Be Boys, and then How We Love, which yeah. is more like a memoir. Yeah. But Fight Like a Girl, I just thought, was some of the most, like, <laughs> basic, banal, like, boring feminism that I've ever encountered, like, in published <laughs> form. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe that's my fault for, like, starting off with Simone de Beauvoir and stuff. But I, I just thought, like, for the praise that the book has gotten... It reads like a series of really disconnected essays or like expanded tweets. Like it's it's really expanded tweets. Like some of the things I'm like, you just couldn't fit this into 240 characters and that's why you published it. Like <laughs> it, it, I just thought it was so run-of-the-mill and boring and especially for the praise that it's gotten, I think she just swears a lot. Like she doesn't say anything really radical. She says stuff that everyone would agree with if you if you didn't use the F word. I, Am I allowed to? Interject? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. Well, and look, I, I don't, I don't remember when I read this. It would have been probably about nine years, ago, eight or nine years ago, I think. Like it was quite a while ago. Mm. Um, so again, my memory. Maybe there's like explicit sex <laughs> scenes that I've forgotten about. Probably there's, there's one chapter I had to skip because she talks about masturbation, and <laughs> it was about like how her first experience was with the bathtub in her childhood home. And I was like, I'm flicking through that chapter. (laughs) See, don't remember that. So, yeah. But I remember when I read it, I mean, I think, uh, I guess I hadn't read a lot of feminist literature. And 
I probably would have called myself a feminist, but not. Ex- I guess yeah. I guess I was coming at at it with fresh eyes and thinking. I did know this, but the way she's written it is really interesting to me because it is really explicit and and goes okay. So this is what the world says, but this is what's really happening, or this is what's really mm. being said. And while a lot of it I did know, I was like, man, when you when you actually look at it like that and read it like that, this is really shocking. And, I, and that sounds really dumb. And it is really. And I don't think so. I think what you're saying though is that maybe it's really valuable as like an entry point. For That's the thing. It was really so accessible. Mm. Yeah. Um, I get that, yeah. But, but if, if I had, you know, read a lot more feminist stuff, it probably would be maybe a little bit more basic. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I haven't read her other ones. I've read I've read a chapter or two of the green one. What's the green one again? Boys Will Be Boys. Boys Will Be Boys, <laughs> um, which is for her son, I think, right? Mm. Anyway, but... Um, it's, it's like... It's really, um, I guess, an exploration of masculinity and, and what positive masculinity could look like or yeah. neutral masculinity you know like the world that she wants for her son so yeah. it's dedicated yeah. to her son but i wouldn't say it's all about him but yeah yeah, yeah. okay it's interesting yeah yeah cool but yeah i well. just <laughs> just thought it was boring to be honest i just thought for what i was expecting yeah well, it's hype a title like that and knowing clementine ford's reputation as well i think you would expect yeah. A book like that to be really quite radical and engaging and make you think. Yeah, I, I thought that was the thing for me when yeah. you kind of stripped it down mm. and you took away all the swear words because there's nothing wrong with using swearing in your in your writing mm-hmm. or being yeah. explicit about something that you're passionate about. But um, like I thought cults. that was the only thing that people would really take umbrage with. Like mm. if you just stripped it down, then it, it was quite run of the mill, like, I guess. And I did yeah. have friends, and I was like, "Oh, have you read this? What do you think?" And they're like, "I mean, I didn't learn anything new, but." Yeah, it was all right. You know, so I think, yeah, it, it's it maybe, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's stuff that people might already know. Fair enough. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. good. That's uh, another couple of books that we've managed to slam. So I know. doing quite, <laughs> quite well. Oh, my gosh. Um, we're just going to play another couple of songs, and then we're going to get on to Catherine's choice of books that she hates that other people love. And I think that's going to be potentially an interesting conversation. <laughs> um, just an update on the traffic. Uh, it's looking pretty good at the moment, as far as we can see. There is a um, crash on West Pennant Hills, uh, Pennant Hills Road. Um, near the M4, but that shouldn't affect too many people in the mountains. Looks like the trains are still running pretty well up and down the mountain. Um, the weather, it's pr- still nice and chilly in Katoomba. It's seven and a half degrees, but feels like 0.5 <laughs> degrees. So that that's fairly cold. Um, it's about 18 degrees down in Springwood, so that's quite nice. And similar weather um, down in Penrith as well. And um, yeah, it's uh, the sun's still out, but the looks of it, it looks like it's quite a nice winter's day. Um, so, um, we've got uh, another couple of songs coming up, um, and then we'll come back and have a chat to Kath about books that she hates that other people love. Very excited. Radio Blue Mountains, 89.1 FM, your local alternative to mainstream radio. A community station operated entirely by volunteers, streaming live on www.rbm.org.au. Paperback Writer! Welcome back to Paperback Writer. Um, I'm Kath, this is Zach. Hello. And this is Alex. Hello. Hello. Uh, So we're continuing on our theme. Oh, no, first of all, that was Come On, Feel the Illinois by the 
magical, <laughs> glorious Sufjan Stevens. No, I just couldn't think of how okay. to just you know all the adjectives. Fair enough. Um, who is my favorite ever? Um, and that's from his um, come on. Actually, the the album of the same name. And after that was Regina Spector on the radio, which is such one a great song. I love that. Song. So good, eh? The ah, 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 it's so fun. Which Alex chose? Is that because Alex, you're currently on the radio? I thought it was an apt choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really oh. deep. <laughs> yes, yeah. <That's> right. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a great song. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah, just, just before we get on to uh, talking about books that Catherine hates, that everyone else loves, um, there is quite a big accident on the M4 at the moment. Um, multiple vehicles involved, heavy traffic conditions uh, around Prospect, below Prospect Highway. So if you're heading down the mountain on the M4, keep an eye out on that one. There's two of the three westbound lanes are closed. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Catherine, Books. what is a book that you hate that everybody else loves? Now, you know, it was actually quite difficult to choose a couple because turns out I hate quite a lot of books. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went back to my Goodreads and I went in terms of rating, like, reverse rating um and i was just laughing at my snarky little like one-liner <laughs> reviews <laughs> um so i was quite hard to choose but i i decided to go with probably the most controversial first which is sally rooney normal people Uh-oh. i know i sitting on the desk in front of us oh, no. yeah well i alex uh knew knew that i was gonna be talking about this one because well, it's we've ranted about a lot. And I know this is controversial. I know I'm the only person ever in the history of the world who doesn't <laughs> like this book. And and I will I will say to Sally Rooney's credit, uh, she's an excellent writer. Like she she really writes really well. Um you know, she's really good at uh you know, drawing the scene and and not sort of being overly descriptive. Like you know, there are a lot of good things about that, but I hated everyone in this book. They were all just navel-gazing, entitled, rich well, not even rich. They were just these spoiled university students. And honestly... Isn't that a Sally Rooney book? Well, I, I don't know. I haven't read any <laughs> since. But all I know is the book would have got a lot better if Connell got hit by a bus. Because it was just Goodness so boring. Gracious. And I was like, you're not talking to each other. You're not communicating. I, I Alex has some feelings. Oh, it was <laughs> so frustrating. And, and the problem is I went in with such high expectations because everyone loves Sally Rooney. And this was a few years ago before the series came out as well. So everyone was like, you haven't read her? Oh, my gosh. I was like, okay. Went out and got it. Regret. much regret I really did not like it and I hated all the oh no actually the mum Connell's mum was pretty good she was the one character I liked but she was barely in it at all if there was a side story about (laughs) Lorraine I would 100% read that Mm, so is there is it an issue with the writing? No, because her writing's great. So you just didn't have a character that you attached yourself to. But uh, and the Did thing you really not find redeeming qualities about either Marianne or Connell though, because maybe I mean I reread it recently, not wow. I was like I need to come in and, I, and rebut everything. Kat's I need to say, I need to just punish myself again and read this <laughs> terrible book twice. No, and listen, I highlighted bits. Like I love I. I love Sally Rooney. This is not my favourite Sally Rooney novel, but I even, on my first reading, I also hated Connell. Like, Obviously. I, I didn't really like either of them particularly, Correct. but I still found their relationship fascinating, and I wanted but to But fascinating in a bad way. Sorry, I'm interrupting. But Sorry. No, no, that, it's your book. It's your book. Well, no, it's, no, it's not my book. You can have it. <laughs> no, but they, like, fascinating in a bad way. They just didn't talk to each other, and they were like... Have you never had a relationship like that? Well, I'm always talking, so <laughs> I mean, it might be one-sided. What do you mean? I can confirm, no. Oh. She <laughs> but like, both of them were as bad. I mean, they deserve each other, I think. I thought, like, it was a really 
fascinating examination of like class especially because i mean marion and connell's relationship starts because connell's mother lorraine cleans marion's house like she's the the maid okay that's true she's marion's maid and so even though he kind of has a bit more status at school he's he's popular and and whatever he's of a lower economic class than her and he knows it from the their very first meeting you know and so he kind of has this fascination with her as this this well-off person that he um can't really relate to in that sense but at the same time he has something over her in that you know he's he's a normal person like he kind of fits these social um strictures in society that makes him yeah able to have friends and maintain relationships in a way that like marianne really struggles with except with connell like yeah i was gonna say yeah which i i thought was really interesting and i don't know i think maybe unless you have that experience of of feeling like you can't communicate with someone or or maybe that you're trying but from the outside looking in it's like why don't you just tell him then like but they were as bad as each other though he was doing the same thing that's th- yeah, if there was one side other, that's, that's the what thing was, like there and was, it was just the whole one thing and you're like will they tell each other <laughs> or let's get let's almost tell each other actually let's not and, and I, a few and years I pass and then the so same thing but again I found that so and compelling. again i found that so compelling Ugh. like there's this one part where he the book so moves compelling. back home <laughs> <laughs> where um connell moves back home and um it's told like from marianne's perspective and from connell's perspective yeah. like chapter by chapter um and it's told from marianne's first and from marianne's perspective it's like one day connell just left like he told her oh i'm I've, i'm moving back to uh dublin yeah or, yeah i'm moving yeah. back no he, they're moving back to their he's moving back to his small uh town mm. home somewhere else in ireland because they go to university in dublin um and she's just like, oh, okay, like, because things in their relationship had actually been really good for a while. And then it had goes to though. the next, yes, and then it goes <laughs> to the next chapter, which is Connell's perspective, and you see his thought process is that he is getting, it g- again, class ties back into it, he can't pay for rent anymore, and he was going to ask Marianne if he could move in with her because she lives in a, you know, rich relative's house, and he's just kind of, like, frozen and can't ask. He feels that it's so embarrassing to ask, and it's all this internal monologue stuff that you don't get from marianne's perspective because he doesn't verbalize it and i found that so interesting like you never know what's really what someone else is thinking because if they don't tell you you just don't know like i thought that was really okay i mean you're making it sounding a lot more interesting than it is that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) look and i mean that's that's fair you know the class thing is really interesting and i think to for me the lack of communication i just found really really frustrating Frustrating. and not in an enjoyable way way because and and she did do sort of a bit it wasn't like in a gossip, will they, won't. Yeah, well, the, I mean, w- one of, don't <laughs> worry, one of the other themes will be books that won awards no. it shouldn't have. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> but the thing is, it, she sort of, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? And then every time they didn't, and then it ended. And I was like, cool, that was a waste of my life. I can't get that time back. I, I just found it really frustrating. And I don't mind if there's bad endings, or I don't mind if there's a character that's a villain, but I still want to sort of root for them and cheer for them and follow mm. their journey. Whereas this one, I just, they were odious. I just, found them really boring and self-centered and i just wasn't really interested in their journeys um so cool but i know everyone in the history of (laughs) book reading ever is is disagrees with me here um i mean like i wouldn't call it a love story in the way that i wouldn't call murakami erotic i'm just reading the quote on the back of uh the book which says rooney has given us a spellbinding 21st century love story I i think it's a really fascinating examination of marion and connell's relationship and their dynamic, but I wouldn't call it a love story. It probably and says I a think lot about 21st century love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. But as I said, a great writer, you know, and maybe I should read another one at some point, but it has to be a lot more. Is it about them again? No. 
So it's Connell's not in any more of the books. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. The bus at the end yeah. Oh, seriously. <laughs> if it ended that way, <laughs> and then Marion could say all the things she never said before. The end. Perfect. Um, and what's your second book? <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't decide. I there's well, that many that you hate. There are we actually. Can, we can come back to talking about this at another show. If you well, want. maybe I'll just quickly say <laughs> the Alchemist. I think mm. was. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Can we have a whole show on that? Yeah. Oh, so we all agree for the first time. Okay. So <laughs> in <laughs> one year, oh. in a period of about s- s- maybe seven or eight months, I got given this book twice by oh. two separate people. Did they hate and you? Two s- <laughs> In two it changed se- their lives. It, but seriously, in two separate friend groups, completely different people, yep. um, and and one of them, th- and both of them said this book changed my life. And I and I'd, I'd of course I'd heard of it. Um, and and Paolo, how do you say the last name? Coelho. You know they've written a lot of books. They're, they're a pretty big deal. Yeah, um, <coughs> and it was so boring. It was stupid metaphors. It. it was. I mean, I think my mum called it um, a self help guide disguised as literature mm. which i really like and this whole mm. idea of if you believe it it will happen it's like no that's not true though he like, really was ahead of the curve with the whole like manifestation but thing. it's yeah. such like a, it's it's you're setting people up to fail like if i go you know what right now i'm you know i'm feeling the after effects of covid if i really believe that the after effects of covid will go they're not going to go because that's not how life works yeah. and it just i found it really frustrating and like i don't mind a metaphor you know the shepherd and all these mm. things happen but I just found it quite it's boring. Just a book full of metaphors. That's like the thing. And then I got to the end, and I was like, "So, what was the journey? What was the meaning all along?" And there really wasn't. It didn't feel like there was a lot mm. of meaning there all along. Um, but I guess we don't have to go on that because we all agree on that one. Well, yeah. But we do. But I think we're about the three people. In the oh, world people love it. <laughs> people absolutely yeah. love it. I was it. also lent it by a friend that was like, "It's amazing." Yeah. But I mean, this friend. Um, Love her, but she reads a lot of uh, non-fiction and self-help type yeah. things. So it was like it made yeah. sense that of all the fiction books there are, she gravitated towards this one because, it, it, like you said, self-help disguised as literature. Yeah. Whereas I read it and I was like, "Why would you lend me this? Like, do you, <laughs> yeah. do do you, you know not me? like me? Are you not really my friend?" Like, <laughs> I, l- I love. Um, felt like I was being punished. I was <laughs> like, oh. I, my my Goodreads review, my personal legend was to never finish this book. How snarky is that? Very snarky. <laughs> 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 I, I wish. The review quite well for me. Um, I'm super aware of time, and we haven't even done book news or Dracula Daily or anything. I think, I think we've got we've got a request for a song, so I think we might um, go and play that, and we'll do book news and Dracula Daily next week because we'll be back on air next Wednesday at 12 p.m. as well. Can I tell one really nice story yes, of something can. nice that happened, and it is book news? So I have a mug, and it's my favorite mug of in the history of the world ever. And it, it was given to me by a friend who saw the Matilda musical, and it's a black mug, and it says "Children are maggots" on it, <laughs> and on the inside lip of the mug is a little newt, you know, from Miss Trunchbull, the Matilda. Mm-hmm. And so I like giving it to guests because it's hilarious, but also <laughs> to judge people a little if they don't understand the reference, because you know I'm very uh, cultured and smart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it got a crack in it, and I couldn't use it anymore, and I've been really sad. And I'm part of this um, group called the Chatters, and they've. I don't have time to go into it, but basically they promote kindness and they've managed to help people get their glasses back from the other side of Australia. And mm-hmm. they helped a lady with mastitis get a cabbage uh, to help her mastitis, even though she was in a m- hospital in the middle of nowhere. And so I just put it out there and I said, look, I can't find this mug online. And I'm actually really sad because I had COVID and I was feeling sorry for myself. Can anyone, does anyone have this mug? I'll, I'll buy it off you. I'll pay for shipping. I really, you know, I, anyway, 
within four minutes, one of the people uh, in this group had come through and said, look, I have this, I have a bad habit of collecting mugs. <laughs> um, Amy is her name, Amy Blitfitch, and said, I'll send it to you. And she wouldn't let me pay for it or or yeah. pay for shipping or anything. Like, Amazing. she was just like, no, like, I, I just have this mug and I'm not using it. Yeah. Isn't that the nicest thing Shout ever? Shout out to Amy. Shout out to and Amy. And to the chatters as well. And to the chatters. I actually cried a little bit. I was so <laughs> pleased. And it's very touching. It's and touching you know story. when you have your favourite mug and it just, it holds a good yeah. amount of liquid oh, God, yeah. and it's the right way. Anyway, I just wanted to share that because <laughs> yeah, I think that's you. really nice. I think that's a really good note to end on. Um, thank you so much to Alec for yeah. being on the show as well. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll get you on again at some stage in the near future if you're interested in coming back. Yeah, it's Talking very about fun. books that we all hate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more positive themes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny, I couldn't think of any books that I love that other people hate because <laughs> so, we did think of that too. It's incredible that that was going to be the other theme. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we're back this time uh, next week, so we'll be here weekly from 12 till 2, yep. um, and this is a podcast as well, so if you're interested, we do have other podcasts. If you want to listen again, it's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Um, and how are we listening right now? And this is Radio Blue Mountains, of course, um, 89.1 FM. Uh, the and smooth sound. The smooth sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this next song is a request from Mary. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be backed up by my mum. Leonard Cohen, Alexandra, leaving. Beautiful song, um, of course. And he's just such a poet. I love him. Sounds good. Thank All right. You, we'll thank you, you for uh, listening to us. And we will see you next week. <laughs>